Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Alrighty, and we are live for another episode of Table Talk, your second favorite TTRPG. Um, and we're doing a little, a little solo us episode, which is nice given that we've had, like, a flurry of guest episodes for the past few sessions. Yeah, I know. We're, like, all in separate locations set up recording remotely, like professionals. It's so Mm -hmm. interesting. Like, true professionals. Did you say your second favorite um, podcast? Who's who's our first favorite podcast? Second favorite TTRPG. Skin at tabletop role-playing games, and then we're table... I'm so funny. I'm so funny. That's genuinely good. I just... My day job is murdering my soul, so I didn't get that. But it's fantastic in retrospect, and we merged with that. You're so pretty, and I and I remind you endlessly how pretty you are, and thank God for that. No one can take that from me. No one can take it from you. Um, But yeah, so this round, this episode, um, we thought actually it was suggested uh, by one of our like fellow players in our horror campaign um, that we talk about shout out to Chrissy Mm -hmm. um, that we talk about a little bit about like relationships at the table both in character and out of character and kind of how that affects the different dynamics how to probably like best approach those situations both in a character perspective as well as like when there is romance happening at your table genuinely between the people yes. um, and how that can kind of affect dynamics and things like that. Um, but yeah, and actually I also just had this conversation um, with my partner oh, yeah. uh, and I was like, this is so nice because we're about to talk about this. So yeah, I, what do you want to tackle first? Let's start with relationships, but like romantic relation, role-playing romantic relationships between player characters, like the fictional people that we bring mm-hmm. to D&D and then we'll 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 segue into actual like real life romantic relationships between the people that are operating the characters and since that's a little mm-hmm. we'll we'll work our way up to this the spicier side <laughs> ramp up to the spice as well as the drama that's what i mean i should spice is a weird we've we've in mm-hmm. like i have to include both of us in that because we've co-opted spice to mean like horny topics and i do mean drama more than i mean horny topics um although we probably have stories from both <laughs> truly some yeah. stuff should be left for an after dark <laughs> episode yeah for like some stuff you gotta put behind <laughs> truly, a paywall truly, or something truly. i don't know but um yeah no starting with like in in character relationships and how to like best approach that um i think just like anything else that we've kind of talked about is uh, you know, communication is the biggest thing. Uh, sometimes those things can start just happening organically through the role play. Um, and those are all well and good and super dandy. But I think there does eventually come a point where you've got to check with like the other person and be like, hey, am I like, are we on the same page about this? Is this something you even want to like role play with this For character? Sure. Um, like kind of checking because, you know, people have their own like 
idyllic storylines that they want to go down and things they want to explore. And just the same way that, like, you know, we're roleplay girlies, there might be people that are like, hmm. I don't want romance in my game. I don't want that to be like a focal point. I want to focus on other things. And that's perfectly valid and fine. Yeah. So having that open dialogue and communication is important. Oh, absolutely. And like we all have the dynamic between like our actually our primary friend group of like you, Bex, Alyssa, and I. We firmly stand on the ground of if you don't flirt with your friends, are you and friends? But that is not everyone's yeah. dynamic with their friends. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. Not wanting to, like, hit on your friends or be hit on by your friends that you are not, in all actuality, romantically interested in. And for some building, also, that can just be odd. The same way where it's like, oh, how do, like, actors, like, and their partners deal with the fact they're making out with people on a movie set? And it's like, well, because it's not real. But also, I do, like, that is easy to mm-hmm. get wires crossed if it's not a thing you do and enjoy doing. And part of your hobby or profession or something yeah absolutely and i think it's also like i mean the the common joke across like the dnd community as a whole is like you mentioned like dnd is where i come to flirt with my friends kind of thing um but like i can talk about for example like i've had several instances uh for my for me specifically both like with other players or with like dms and things like that that like romance has played a big factor because like hi am am a horny hell i'm i'm just a sucker for good romance and that does take like a centerfold of most of my characters but like i think of a recent example in my monday campaign where we're doing like a wild beyond the witchlight and this is one that i joined in like middle of the set sesh right these Mm -hmm. are like people that have been playing for a while established together and I kind of just hopped right. in. Um, and I'm playing this, like, orc character, Nanette, and she's a ranger, barbarian situation. The other barbarian, um, uh, my friend Sam, plays a character named Moot, who is kind of like an Aztec-inspired warrior. He's been cursed, and he's got, like, owl wings and owl head, but normal yeah, man body. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's dope. He's dope. He's also just an mm-hmm. agent of chaos, and Owlman. it's great. Uh, but he's very, like, much, like, wants a harem. He's super, like, uh, uh, like really out here. Um, And he flirts with Nanette all the time, and she is extremely awkward because she has always been kind of an outsider within her own tribe and treated as, like, not super great to be around. So genuine romantic approach is not something she's ever experienced. And so... It's they've developed a really fun dynamic where he is like really into her and trying to like win her over, and she just doesn't think he's genuine about yeah. any of it. Um, and it kind of started developing on its own, um, and little jokes here and there where we got like kind of crowned king and queen by people completely misunderstanding the dynamic that was there, and we just kind of yep. rolled with it because it also gave us like benefits yeah. <laughs> where we were. Um, so now we kind of refer to each other as king and queen and da da da. And it's like this joke of like a fake relationship we're putting on for these like other fae, um, to try and get away with whatever we can a get away with. little fake dating trope in this house. Yeah. Fake dating trope turns to yeah. real dating. There's only one bed. It's good. It's great. <laughs> what a shame. Such a shame. Um, but I do remember like at one point, Sam like reached out to me. Um, and he was like, hey, just again, just wanted to check in, like, if you're comfortable with how this is going and, like, 
Moot, as a character, is very, like, dense and mm-hmm. doesn't understand, like, a lot of social cues. Um, but he's like, I just want to make sure you're comfortable before this, like, goes further or, like, whatever. Da, da, da. And I really appreciated that he, like, checked in with me and made sure that I was okay. And, like, he's had something similar in a dynamic with another player at that table in a different campaign in the past and, like, referenced it. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm completely comfortable with where this is going. And, like, you know, if your character makes advances and I rebut them, it's not because I'm not totally enjoying this dynamic. It's because that's, like, what Nanette would genuinely react to. Um, So just having the communication of, like, hey, my character might be like, you know, rebutting your advances, but that does not equate to me being uncomfortable by the advances that are happening. It's like fun story that we're developing here. Um, But I really, really appreciated that check-in that he did with me um, to make sure that like all parties were comfortable with where it was going and we understood where we're both coming from when our players react to each other in those (laughs) scenes. So that we know it's like, hey, that's a story thing, not a me genuinely approaching you in a sexual way and not a me rejecting you because I'm an uncomfortable way. Yeah, like, for example, Ocean's Pride stuff, which, like, I was in it not as long as you were. You were, like, an admin and, like, one of the first initial people that was in there. Mm -hmm. Also, how that initial server got started of, like, everybody was really horny on Maine because it was quarantine and we were all stuck inside and had, like, no outlet for anything. So we're like, hey, a bunch of nerdy strangers who can write well and I've I've never seen your face so I can graft whatever maladaptive daydream I would like onto you in this character. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Sign me up. And so we were all wiling out out here and we, we all kind of came in full force. But... I know, like, you, your character, Reyna, and her in canon. Honestly, the canon of Reyna is eternal and is, like, almost taken on a life of its own at this point. But um, <laughs> one of our good friends, Oak, it plays a character also named Oak. This is why we call the actual human that. And they are canonically married. And I remember, like, you telling me that you guys did that because... As that server started to grow and more people got in and it got harder to sort of keep a damper on everything, you in particular got flooded with like a lot of people wanting to do scenes with Rena, but specifically and potentially problematically wanting to do like explicit scenes with Rena. And it was like, okay, I am not a porn factory. (laughs) You're like, I'm just a girl trying to live my life. For sure. And like for, for context, I guess for, for listeners to give you the idea. So uh Ocean's Pride is the reason that my personal account, like Reina creates, grew mm-hmm. to what it was. It was a trend where in the same way that like Quincy's Tavern, um, for example, and other other big accounts did like, you know, fake taverns. Like, or the- fake, I know there were uh, thieves guilds. Like, D D personas. Exactly. That is what Ocean's Pride essentially was and how it started. Um, so it started as a potential thieves guild. I made a TikTok on a whim, joined it, and then we we kind of like skyrocketed from there. It was then also a Discord mm-hmm. server where it was like a live RP world for D&D characters. Um, so it was like purely text RP across multiple channels that we built. We built out like a whole city um, and it, it grew into like a behemoth uh, in and of itself. 
And I got in really early um, and it was really cool because it was a story that was going on in the server as well as TikTok like simultaneously and things would bleed over from the server to TikTok and vice versa. Um, but yeah, so I, I came in with this character, Reyna, and like, like I've mentioned before, my comfort zone was playing like hypersexual yeah. characters <laughs> and, uh, she was, you know, a polyamorous, uh, muscle yeah, mommy. Yeah. Like what, what was there not to love? A whole lot um, of woman. So she was like very free loving. And when it was a whole lot of woman and when at the beginning, when it was like less people, it was kind of fun to play, you know, zone of truth and dare and and RP these like kind of flirtatious, scandalous situations. Uh, but, you know, as the server grew uh, and like I made her polyamorous specifically in one because I was like am, am polyamorous yeah. in real life. But then also like I knew I didn't want to tie her down to anybody and I could see other people on the server breaking mm -hmm. off into in character relationships and, and how that would kind of like fall out and whatever. And like also how it would kind of tie you down role right. Yeah. If you were tied to another person in server. And I was like, mm, that's not really my vibe. I don't want to do that. And so she was just very much like doing her thing. Right. Um, and I, I gained some level of notoriety both on the server <laughs> and TikTok to the level where I was like both my character what had fan service in the world as well as like the real people behind those characters were giving me fan service as a person but like because like yeah. as certain characters like when you pulled me in i kind of got yoinked to like main character status because there was like that little group that had already solidified that that I already knew everyone tangentially so you just sort of yoinked me and popped me right in the middle of the plot which was great but as ever characters grew in notoriety like a lot of times they would get their own rooms and so like reyna very quickly had hers where like she would meet with people and hang out and like we would have a lot of meetings there and like a lot of the plot heavy stuff would go on there and like the mm -hmm. room you know quote unquote in the discord is like logistically a channel where like all the channels are open for like there's rooms on the ship there's rooms in the town there's everything and so you can pop in and out of pretty much any room you wanted to. And like we had like general let people run their their scene and then come in. Or if people were specifically like doing a closed RP, like if we're doing like a training RP or something where it was like a set group of characters. And I was like, okay, this is closed RP. And like you're free to like come and watch and react and send a bonk emoji like when it's needed. But, you know, mm -hmm. like it's RP for these people and it's kind of audience only for everyone else. But that got kind of out of hand. I know for you quickly with like the amount of people that would want to come in and do stuff with Raina. Like once she, so she had a room. Yeah. Very quickly it started becoming something that it was hard for me to role play in the really like public mm -hmm. rooms uh, where lots of people were in. Cause it was like, I would, joined the room and it became quite literally the feeling of like so many people being like oh my god Rita's here and then everyone fighting for a scene with my character and it was like quite genuinely overwhelming um and people trying to hop in on scenes that I was trying to role play out with people and I was genuinely like I would genuinely try to interact with as many people as possible but it was there were exhausting. hundreds of people in this and so room. eventually it was there was 300 people in that server yeah. at one point, like, active. Oh, yeah. 
and it was enormous. And so eventually, yeah, I I vied for my own room because I was an admin and also like I had a one of the first art like story arcs that happened in that server was centered around yeah. my character. And so we needed places to have private air quotes, private scenes that were just like nobody could really just walk in that room and say they were in there. It was like the people that I allowed to be in that room and play out right. that scene. Um, and other people could spectate, essentially. So that's how it started for the logistics side of things. Uh, but then, of course, this character that I have has a bit of a reputation for sleeping with multiple people at once. Granted, these are people that I have deemed I want sure. to. <laughs> but as as one does in real life, like polyamory gets a bad rap. Um, and some people just think that means like they'll sleep with mm -hmm. anybody. And that's not really yeah. the case. Um, so, yeah. It started becoming like people soliciting me for RP scenes and then privately messaging me and being like, hey, are you down for like this to get spicy? And I was like, that's not really what I'm reading out of this interaction with this person. Like we were talking about trees. Uh, as far as the scene is Wash going. your dick out. Like, yeah. Put that away. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you closing? Where are you closing? <laughs> Literally. Because I, I, I would sit beside you. And watch your fucking notifications come in. Or, like, I would be role-playing. Like I'd be in another room of the server or something. I'd be like, what? Like, you'd have a weird look on your face. Be like, what the hell is going on? And, it, yeah, just these random people. Because, like, the people mainly that, like, you were having, you know, spicy bathhouse scenes stuff was up were your real-life friends. You know, like, real whether they were people you knew online yeah. and maybe you've never met in person. or like, But there were people you had a, a friendship. But they were genuinely people that I was yes. friends with. Yes, and so you felt comfortable, ha like, taking things in a more spicy direction or taking the, the guardrails, so to speak, off with what could go on and what couldn't because you were comfortable with those people and you sort of developed a rapport with them as humans. So role-playing that in character was fine. Yeah. Whereas if it's just like a stranger off the street, exactly. that'd be like someone like walking up to you, which is extra horrifying in this like post-COVID era. Someone just walking up to you and demanding something. But being like, hey, do you want a LARP sex scene with me? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what in tarnation? Yeah, we had... We had one really problematic instance of um, somebody trying to RP a, like, trans character. And so their character was transitioning. But, and in the beginning, it was very much like they communicated this. And D&D &D is a space for people to totally. explore lots of things, both in their sexuality, identity, all these things. And so... Everybody was really supportive in the beginning, but the way this person was doing it was quite mm -hmm. problematic in the sense of, like, dead naming themselves and, like, other things. that It just started to feel very disingenuous. It started to feel like a little bit of a bit. And kind of weird. Yeah. Instead of, like... Yeah, and it was, like, almost disrespectful to trans yeah. people. And... I remember at one point that person, like early in that in that whole thing, approached my character. And Raina's also like, as much as she's like a horny muscle mommy, she's also very caring oh, yeah. and nurturing and motherly. So a lot of people would come to her for that. And you know, they had a whole interaction about it. I was, I and the 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 character were, of course, very supportive. Um, and then that person messaged me privately saying like, hey, when my character gets to the point where they've transitioned via magic, um, I want Reyna to be the first person they sleep with. And I was like, that's not. Mm. Yeah. 
No. <laughs> like, felt. Ve- felt very yeah. gross. Um, not because I do, nothing to do with them being not, trans. Like, like not imagine at all. Nothing with them being trans, but I'm like, this just Forced. feels. It feels no. like a weird and also yeah, like the, a weird the, hook for you to try to like get into an art piece. It didn't. It also didn't feel like an ask either. It felt very much yeah. like this is like what's going to happen, and I was like, absolutely not. Like, um... Yeah, and so I was like, no. Um, and very quickly, like many people were like voicing concerns to us about that whole situation and being like, uh, there's, it's just not great. Um, but yeah, things like that would start to happen. And so I was in a real weird space with it and like rebuffing people a lot. And I was like, yeah, only having really like air quotes in character relationships with people I knew Mm -hmm. in real life. And then eventually, um, um, I because I was an admin, I was also basically our HR, so I was like catching wind of a lot of like problematic sexual behavior on the yeah. server um, from other people, including other admins, um, it, with like non-admin players and whatever. And I was like, bro, I was seeing some messages that I was like, nobody's using common sense, yeah. and it's just bad news bears out here. Um, and so me and, uh, Oak, who were both admins, like our characters, because we were from like the origin had developed somewhat like a little like in character relationship and where I originally wasn't going to like tie Brina down to anybody. I had approached him cause I'm like, Hey, you're a married man and I have a hundred percent safety that you, I know you as oh, a yeah. person and I know you do not like, you do not look at me that way we have a very platonic relationship uh out of character and i'm getting concerned about both my character and his character getting approached by like non-admin players and these other admins that have been like doing inappropriate things with with those characters and those players and so it was like we talked about it and i was like can we just hitch our characters together for the sake of like basically making it so nobody approaches staying like above the fray effectively yeah exactly and so that the next then and we were like yeah no this is great and so we did that and then uh everybody was like happy for our characters but then also whenever they would try any advances we could just have the excuse of like oh sorry got a ring on it can't do that my my husband crazy Um, my boyfriend crazy he killed people my boyfriend crazy he killed people (laughs) (laughs) and it was just nice to have that safety uh in that like yeah it was just such a strange scenario as far as like relationships go um but it was nice to have somebody that i knew had my best interest at heart and was never going to approach me in Mm -hmm. that way to like tie her off to so that way it could it could stop yeah and you feel um safe to interact with the server and to role play and to go into situations and to enjoy what you're there to enjoy it for without feeling like there's a constant like anvil hanging over your head and i think like it's so quite literally the ocean's pride server was such an interesting like the psych nerd in me wishes we could have done like a fucking study off of some of the interactions and the power dynamics in that server because it was such an odd like time and the world with quarantine and everyone being really isolated and trying just desperately to find any connection and then there were so many like good examples of i mean not always good example you know indicative examples of like how power dynamics can get fucky because like obvious the obvious ones mm-hmm. like the admins like putting that were not 
being like this was not the majority of the admins the majority of admins like we were still friends with and they are dope people but like you know one or two like wackadoodles will mess it up for everyone but like though those Truly. dynamics were like the stereotypical you know person in the more powerful position is like making someone who has less influence or less notoriety or you know, knows fewer people uh uncomfortable but there's also the reverse mm-hmm. of that, like with you, where you felt pressure to perform in a certain way because that's what people had expected of you. And you feel like you're a doll for others' entertainment almost. Like, And I'm not saying people were consciously yeah. doing that because, again, there are 300 people on the server. We know very few of them personally. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to attribute motive mm-hmm. to someone that I, I don't know. But that is kind of what would happen or it's like as people's characters like gained notoriety or something it was easy and there were examples like specific examples that don't really matter enough to get into of like the power dynamics they're getting weird where it's like someone got a little bit of notoriety and clout and weight to throw in that server and then it kind of went to their head a little bit and that that yeah and it's that's why it's so like tying it back to relationships between characters at a table, like it's that consent. It all, it all comes back to consent and communication. You like that that soapbox syndrome that will be into eternity. Mm-hmm. But because, like, you know, if you're the deal like in your strict saving campaign, because we are all role play hoes and we all love a good bit of romance and spice, like that is it is a tier fucking romance like everyone has a love triangle we're all it's so good and it's so much fun but like we all feel safe to do that because we know each other so well but like if you know somebody approaching a dm role playing with a player like that power difference can be odd or like like you're you coming into and this was did not happen and that can because the people you play with you know, on your, like, Monday night campaign are awesome, but, like, coming into a new campaign where everyone else knows each other and you're the new person, you know, like, that can be a weird power imbalance, and, like, there's just so many things to account for. Mm -hmm, For sure. And it's both a a combination of using your best judgment um, and common sense along with, even regardless, if you are best friends with those people at that table and you've known them for years i think it's still just best practice to keep those lines of communication open understand their needs and their wants and their comfort levels and check in frequently because like things can change um you know life situations can change and bleed into the game um and 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 those things are all factors um yeah yeah it's just i think it's just important to keep that best practice uh to know and touch base and have your finger on the pulse of your players as far as like, are they comfortable? Do they enjoy this? Is this something they genuinely want for their characters? Or should I step back or should I be away? Yeah, for sure. And like, I think it's important to you, like you said, even if you're best friends. So I think also, even if you're partners in real life, because like an example that I like Mm -hmm. of this is credit from critical role, like, uh, Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham are married. And like I think it was the second, like the Mighty Nine campaign they received, like campaign two, where like um Travis generally 
had said like in the first campaign, like Rog did not really his cry for Rog did not really romance anyone. And so he like they he and Laura started the second campaign kind of jokingly, like Laura's like, I'm gonna romance you. Like I'm gonna, you know, you're my like I'm your like you're my husband, and I'm gonna romance you. And he's like, you know, I don't think that's gonna like I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't see it coming. And it wasn't a thing where he wasn't open to it, but he was just like, no, there's no fucking way. Like I'm gonna fall for this. He's like he just said I think it was something like hey said he was like not this character like this character would never yeah he's like like fall right yeah he's like I'm here you know I play I'm here to like bonk and break shit and get money and go home and then like I mean they obviously are married and so they had communication through it but like they did end up their characters did end up developing a romance as like a spoilers for 99 sorry but like through the course of like the several years of that campaign but it is like a good example because mm-hmm. even like you, you know, you just you shouldn't take things for granted with anyone, whether like your friend or your partner, or like just communicate. <laughs> Consent is important. <laughs> Consent is sexy. Yeah. Consent is important always. Um, yeah, and like fun <laughs> I guess speaking of relationships mm-hmm. at the table, and funny enough, um, my my partner called this out because actually like uh my partner is also my DM in my Wednesday campaign. And that's something we've been keeping under wraps for a hot minute. It's in part because of where we were at with like our personal relationship, but also there's an element of like, we were kind of waiting because of the fact of like, we are very hyper, we're both very hyper conscious people of like the comfort levels of other people around us. And also you know, aware of the fact that, like, being the partner of the DM has a stigma to it. And, um, you know, the privileges, air quotes, that Mm -hmm. come with that. And that's not something I ever want to happen at, like, a table um, with him or me as the DM, respectively. Um, because And he does a really good job, I think, of, like, making sure that it's not the fucking Val show uh when we're when we're like in oh, game. Yeah. Um but like we are entering like a Val centric arc. Uh and we're both I we're both I think trying to make a conscious effort to make sure it does not become that and we're like giving space for the other players to have their own individual things going on regardless of the fact that it is like my character's arc yeah. right now. Um I al- I also talked to him about like, you know, I'm also a DM, so I think my hustle culture is a lot less than it Fair. used to be <laughs> as a player. Um, but I'm also aware of the fact that, like, you know, if I am his partner, I don't want I don't want to ask for things for the sake of like, well, you should give me this because I'm, no. I'm your girlfriend. Um, that that's just a no for me, dog. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm perfectly fine with asking for things but now i think especially being a dm i ask when i do ask for things i genuinely think about it from the perspective of a dm and i'm like can i give a good reason for this to be given and regardless still their their choice to say yes or no and if they say no i'm yeah it's very much the energy of like I am not your partner in these moments i am a little rotten soldier trying to do their best (laughs) like feel free (laughs) to turn me down (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm like, feel free to yeah. kill my fucking character. 
Yeah. And it's also just genuinely really interesting to me because uh, I've been playing that campaign for years now. Um, I think it's like two wow, years. That feels right. Maybe. Or a little over two, over a year. At least I'm two. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I need to. I At least two. Um, and, you know, there was a point where he like kind of approached me a little bit. Uh, early on in the campaign but i was like otherwise entangled with somebody Mm -hmm. else and um i was just not in the headspace to receive that kind of attention um and he took it he took the rejection real well real respectfully and then we were just like very platonic but there is an element of like online campaigns where like especially with people you don't you have not met in real life yet which at the point at that point i haven't met any of them Mm -hmm. um it's very much like the. It's very limited how close you can get to them, um, as far as you know. We get on, maybe we might goof around for like the first 10, 15 minutes of the session, and then get to playing, and then you know we do a little post session talk for another 10, 15 minutes, and then we log off, and then we don't talk to each other really that much until the next session starts rolling around. Yeah, or like it's only stuff related to the game, and it's like a lot of like who people are as like fully realized humans is an unknown factor in a lot of ways until like exactly if a situation occurs like well, yeah where you start talking more about your life and interests and things you do outside of D in that campaign and sometimes things evolve yeah yeah and for him and i it was very much yeah like he had approached me flirtatiously a little bit. I kind of rebuffed it. We were back to like this DM player dynamic. And like, again, I didn't really get to know him as a person, uh, really outside of like shit posting mm-hmm. memes uh, and shit. And then uh, my character got fucking got <laughs> and kidnapped <laughs> and separated yeah. entirely from the group. Uh, and that spawned me and him talking about uh, there was going to be like a period of. What ended up being over a month of sessions that I did not get to play that character. And uh, him and I being like, well, for me, I love Val so much and I need to know what the fuck happens to her. And he was like, do you want to just like off session role play everything that's happening to her while the party is literally making this fucking Mm -hmm. journey to go rescue her up in the fucking woods, mountains and shit? Um, and I was like, absolutely, I would. I love <laughs> off-session roleplay. Like, this is great. And in that, like, we roleplayed that stuff out. But in that also, it kind of opened room for him and I to talk a lot of in-depth stuff about my character, which then opened us, like, talking about a lot of in-depth stuff as yeah. people um, and letting me, like, get to know him more as a person. Um, and then very quickly, both of us realizing that, like, feelings are very much there um and you know it is a long distance thing he's all the way in california but over over the past few months we've just been consistently talking and the more it became a thing the more we were like no yeah this is this is a for for real for real thing (laughs) and it's just i don't know i just find it so interesting the way that our dynamic Mm -hmm. developed um because of a game and literally because of the shittiest roles i've ever had in my entire D &D career those aren't cursed dice i i got a partner out of (laughs) the most cursed dice i've ever had the dice tell a story sometimes it's about you as a human i cannot stress to you enough i i rolled those bones 
well over 10 times on skills that I have like a plus 10 and a plus yeah, seven. Rough. And I could not roll anything above a 10. And you always roll well on the dice lights too. Like whenever we would do something, you're like, let's use a dice bot. And I'm like, that. let's fucking not because the dice bots hate me, but they usually love Ale. And it's just it was that so one bad. dice bot that one night was like, your plans? Fuck in particular. Not today. It was really out to get me. And when I tell you, he really tried to give me every yep. chance possible to somehow live in this yeah. encounter. Like, completely negating the fact that I had mm -hmm. exhaustion or something. And, like, letting me roll with yeah. advantage. Letting me roll, like, three yeah. times. And it's like, eyes. hey, if you We're can like, get, like, he's a... trying so hard if to If you can scrape, it. like, a 12 together, like, I'll take... I was like, I'll take that. Like, that'll be fine. <laughs> like, fuck with the original DC was. Thank <laughs> you. No. So uh, it was also, to me, one of the best sessions I've ever had as a player because I was like, I was so yeah. stressed and I was like, oh man, this is true. This is truly it. Having to come to the terms of my character's mortality yeah. and like all, all of us as players just being so fucking stressed about it. And I was like, well, if I die, I die. And Carson's like, no, we worked too hard on this character story. I need her to live, please. <laughs> Don't accept. Don't be resigned to death. Oh. Oh, oh my, my god. god, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, it, like I just think it's funny um to think back on and um definitely like something like where before I always had experience with like being at a table where there's mm -hmm. other people um that are romantically involved and now like it's kind of interesting to be the person that has like a romantic involvement, although like at the time before this episode goes out, like nobody right. knows. Um and trying to manage that <laughs> secret secrets. Um, but to, at the time, trying to manage that um, to the comfort level of other players, ensuring that things stay For fair. Sure. Um, because I never want to... I never want to feel that partner privilege. That's not what I come to the table for. I come here for the good, good story and the good, good RP. Um, and if I'm going to get something just for sheer nepotism, I'm not going to no. be happy. Yeah, there's something that's like a little insulting about that. I feel like where it's like, no, I want to earn the things that I'm given in a game. Yeah. I also just like, I genuinely like failing in games is something I genuinely love in this specific field of like ttrpgs because i genuinely and like this is the hill i'll die on i feel like the most interesting shit that your character can go through comes from the fail i agree yeah and like i get so excited when a nat one happens because i'm like it's both the horror of what that nat one represents but you're like what the fuck is gonna happen i will because say of this? Like, there's some moments in, in your strict so campaign where I've rolled that once, and I've been glad that I did because it made sense. And, like, there have been times where I've rolled really poorly or rolled that one, and I'm like, well, that was not the time for that. And in the moment, it is very stressful and upsetting. But, like, after the session wraps up and, like, everything is played out, then I'm like, okay, actually, that was perfect, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But having that level of, like, stress in the yeah. game is sometimes kind of nice, too, because it keeps you, like, on your toes. I also think it genuinely just gives you, like, I feel like the failures make the wins so oh, absolutely. much better. Like, remembering all the times that your character has really, truly just, like, done yeah. goofed it. And then, like, those moments where it truly matters when it's down to the wire and, like, you're like, I need this to work. Or, by God, 
we're going to have problems off the table. Like, I'm going to throw a fit. And you roll a fucking nat 20 out of it. You're like, that makes yeah. that moment so yeah. much Yeah, and you haven't, like, experienced the rolling a nat 1 and triggering a tripwire to bring up the classic cadence example. Like, you you don't fully appreciate <laughs> when you roll really fucking well. Yeah. Or genuinely, like, in that same example of Val, it's like, yeah, I rolled so poorly. Then I went over a month of not playing this character to be handed my character sheet back and I do the fucking math in my head and I'm like, the only way this character lives right here, right now, is if I roll like two crits, Mm -hmm. uh, like at least a crit, an attack or a round. And I only win if I'm like first in initiative and I crit. And having that should happen and like being like, there's one specific scenario. Any other results, she's dead. And having it happen, I felt like I could run laps (laughs) and like cheer uh, because it was so rewarding to have failed so astronomically to then like win in such a crazy fucking way and deal a shit ton of damage and just own that shit and have her like be the badass character that mm-hmm. I know she is. It felt it's so like God good. took her away and put her in timeout for a month. It's <laughs> like, here you go. Truly, she just needed to recharge. Yeah, she needed a, a break. Bit. She's going through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. Oh, I love her though. But yeah, uh, <laughs> went on a whole tirade. I love that we stayed on topic right up until we the really end. did. But yeah, I think in general. Um, you know, as a whole, both in character, it's that emphasis of making sure you're communicating that with the person that you're potentially trying to romance, making sure everybody's on the same page, everybody's about it, um, making sure to have frequent check-ins. And then, I don't know, like as far as at the table relationships, I think it's important to, like, I love hearing the stories of people like, getting together with their dms or with their players and then you know getting to play with your partner is so so special um but then just being conscious and aware um to not uh create that dynamic where you become uh you know the dm's girlfriend or the dm's boyfriend or the dm's partner Mm -hmm. um that is getting preferential treatment because of that absolutely Um, because as on the player side of things it's very so yeah, and it's very obvious. It's it's not subtle. Mm-mm. But yeah, in general, that that is our our experiences, our ideas about relationships, both on and off the table. Um, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday wherever you get your podcast. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.